0: Okay, good morning. How to get into the news. First up, what's the real reason why Israel is bombing the Gaza Strip? Joe Biden tries to convince the Jews to trust the government and more. Let's get into it. i talk radio live in 4K.
1: It is happening. A few weeks ago, right before this war in Gaza ignites, Netanyahu goes to the United Nations General Assembly and he holds up this map. Fair use, by the way. And declares his plan for a new Middle East. And people are going, what? What is this stupid line this guy's drawing with a red marker? What it is, is an economic corridor that stretches all the way from India to the United Arab Emirates, into Saudi Arabia, into Jordan, Israel, and then finally. the entire European continent. I mean, the United States at this point, seeing their influence starting to fade, seeing the relevance of the dollar uh, recede after they stole $300 billion from Russia. You have all these spooks in Washington and Tel Aviv, you know, running around desperately trying to counter Bric's and counter China's new Silk Road. And this is their answer. This is a rival to the new Silk Road. Remember, the ancient Silk Road is the largest, most important trade route in human history. This thing is enormous. It stretches all the way from China to Syria to the Mediterranean Sea. The Chinese know how important this thing is and they want to revive it. It is the future of world economics, trade and politics. Within the span of a few weeks, Iran and Iraq have signed a railway deal. So now you have a rail link for the New Silk Road. And President Assad of Syria, who the West have been trying to isolate for over a decade, is now visiting China, the world's largest economy, and signing a strategic partnership. This is pivotal. So now the new Silk Road has rail access all the way to the Mediterranean Sea through Syria's port in Latakia. So not just land, but maritime trade. This is crucial. And as enormous and important as all of this is, this is just one aspect. This is just one aspect. You still have the gas. How can we talk about the Middle East without talking about gas and oil? When the US instigated the Maidan coup in 2014, that wasn't just about NATO expansion and encirclement of Russia. This was about surrounding, controlling and cutting off Russian gas to Europe. Russia is the country with the largest proven reserves of natural gas. Control Ukraine and you control the pipelines that feed and supply Russian gas to Europe. For decades, you've had U.S. politicians, Republican and Democrat, from every administration, openly saying on camera, "We don't want Nord Stream."
2: There will be, uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it.
1: You want to?
0: As you can see, that uh, um, you can't trust either party, Republican and Democrat. So we have to get off this train of, we're trusting these parties. They're not for the good of. The people that are good, they're for the good of lining their pockets and for the satanic global elite.
3: To have pipelines that don't go through Ukraine and Russia uh, for years. You-
0: Andalina Laris, okay, she was for the Republican side.
3: We've tried to get the Europeans to be interested in different pipeline routes. It's time to do that. You want to depend more on the North American energy platform, the tremendous bounty of oil and gas that we're finding in North America.
1: Lo and behold, Nord Stream 1 and 2 are blown up. I mean this is without question the most egregious terrorist attack on European infrastructure in modern history. There are only three countries on this planet that can pull this off. They are Russia, Britain, and the United States. And let me tell you, it was not Russia. You combine that with the sanction packages from the European Union, banning Russian oil and gas. I mean, talk about shooting yourself in the foot. So now there's no more Russian gas coming into Europe. And just like that, the United States have achieved a long-standing foreign policy objective. Now, the only other country with enormous gas reserves, the second largest in the world, Is Iran. Iran signed the nuclear deal in 2015 and 2016. They're complying in every way imaginable. The IAEA at the UN cannot be happier. And then the United States, you know, the guys who orchestrated the whole deal, go back on their word and they rip it up just like that and reimpose sanctions on Iran. So now Iran is barred from selling its oil and gas to Europe and others. So Russia and Iran The two countries with the largest gas reserves are out of the picture. Then Israel all of a sudden proposed themselves as a solution to the European Union's gas shortages.
3: Take our trilateral energy, for example, that we closed in June with Egypt and Israel. It has played an important role in our strategy to get rid of the Russian fossil fuels.
1: How convenient! How convenient! In 2010, they conduct a geological survey and find this monstrous giant gas field in the Middle East. It's called the Leviathan, and it's in the Mediterranean Sea on the Levantine Basin. That means it's right off the coast of Palestine, Lebanon, Syria. Syria initially declines offers over its gas reserves and simultaneously refuses to lay pipes for a Qatari gas project. What a coincidence, barely a year later, war breaks out in Syria. And who's funding it? Qatar and Israel and the United States are just some of the parties funding and running this war to overthrow the government in Damascus. Today, the United States control one third of Syria. They control all of Syria's oil fields. And Israel is bombing Syria's most vital port Latakia on a regular basis. So they're cutting off all the oil revenue and destroying crippling maritime activity such as trade, such as gas exploration. Another major port on the Levantine coast is in Beirut, which mysteriously explodes in 2020. And so Israel, proposing itself as a solution to Europe's gas shortages, shows up with an FPSO, this enormous gas extraction vessel, and tries stealing gas from Lebanon's Karish gas field. And you know this reignites a huge maritime border dispute, and Israel has to go and beg the United States to solve this diplomatically because Hezbollah said, if you steal one cubic inch, of our gas, we will fire our missiles on your ship. Now we come to Gaza. Gaza also has its own unexplored gas fields. Gaza is also a concentration camp run by the Israelis. And it's been under siege by Egypt and Israel under naval blockade since 2007. I mean, you can't even fish properly, let alone extract gas. And so now the Lebanese, the Syrian, the Palestinian ports, they're all out of action and the only working port left in the coast is the israeli port on haifa i mean how convenient
0: as you can see israel <laughs> israel is not a victim here <laughs> uh wow this is this this is wild man this this is insane because people are always saying like you know oh you know Israels, the victims support Israel, you know. I I can't support Israel. You find out all this information, you know, you can't, you, you can't support it. How could you support a country like this? How can you? It
4: doesn't... you how how I don't see how you could how you could defend
0: them okay once you find out the history and their dirty deeds especially with the help of the US government all
4: right I don't see how that I, I don't I don't see how it's gonna work out.
0: I mean it's the same thing like Ukraine. You know, everybody's saying support Ukraine, support Ukraine. How am I supporting, how, how can I support Ukraine when you find out about the child trafficking, the um, organ harvesting, pro neo-Nazi, okay, stance, and you have Azov Battalion, a neo-Nazi organization within the Ukrainian military. How could how could you stand for Ukraine? You can't.
4: Let's get into this article right here.
0: Massive oil and gas reserves discovered under Gaza. Israel grants diplomatic licenses, development licenses. Since the war started, Israel has already awarded a dozen oil and gas exploration licenses in Palestine to six different oil, big oil companies, including BP. Oh boy. (sighs) We should know by now that when both political parties in the US show bipartisan support, something deeply sinister is happening behind the scenes. We should also know that when a superpower starts using human rights as a justification for their actions, there's always an ulterior motive. Remember, Saddam Hussein's weapons of mass destruction. Four years ago, the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, uh, uh, UNCTAD, published a report on the unrealized potential of Palestinian oil and gas reserves. The report estimates these reserves could generate hundreds of billions of dollars for whoever develops them. It also criticizes Israel for preventing Palestinians from developing their resources as a way to alleviate their massive poverty. Yeah, but, you know, Israel doesn't care. after, After all, the Israeli government is, you know, centered on the Talmud Which thinks of non Jews as animals, cattle, goyim. OK, Duma reports it just so happens that the US is now proposing an international coalition of Western governments to preside over Gaza once Israel pushes its 2 million inhabitants into Egypt. There are similar plans underway for the West Bank. Since the war started, Israel has already awarded a dozen gas exploration. licenses to six different oil companies, including BP. They're going to explore exactly where those Palestinian oil reserves are located off the coast. Let's face it. This plan comes straight out of the disaster capitalism playbook. And it hits right in the middle of a global energy crisis exacerbated by war. When it comes to geopolitical geo, um, geopolitics, there's no such thing as a coincidence. Also, they're trying to force these Palestinians in the Gaza Strip into the literally into the desert, just to let you know. It's not just about oil and gas, either. As Richard Merd- Her- Medhurst explains, there's a wide range of economic and logistical uh, incentives for the U.S. and Israel to depopulate Gaza, including the construction of a canal <clears throat> alternative to the Suez, allowing them to dominate maritime trade and giving them key military advantages. The peripheral canal route runs right through the middle of Gaza. They've been planning to this project this project for decades they have a great moral cover story all of this looks like a repeat of the iraq invasion with western countries antagonizing a rogue actor until they do something that seems to warrant an extreme response likewise the war in ukraine has nothing to do with democracy human rights or even russian aggression it's about natural gas yeah they're trying to take russia's gas um russia's oil and their gold but they're not going to get it the us and russia have been fighting for dominance of ukraine For at least 10 years, Ukraine sits on Europe's second largest natural gas reserve. Russia has also exported natural gas to the EU through pipe pipelines across Ukraine. Months after Russia's invasion, a pro-Ukrainian group sabotaged the Nord Stream pipelines that carried natural gas from Russia to Germany. Now Germany is signing 20 year deals to import liquefied natural gas from the US. On a side note, liquefied natural gas is way worse than coal. Before all of this, Joe Biden's son just happened to find a way onto the board at one of Ukraine's largest natural gas companies. Remember that? Remember that? And how uh, you know, he was, supp- he was supposed to be tried and prosecuted, but Joe Biden bribed the Ukraine government to fire the prosecutor and he could get his son home. Once you see the facts, you can't deny it. Sure, you want to deny the facts, but then you look at the world history, you look at US history in particular, you come to understand that every single war we've ever fought was about resources or influence or both. Even when there's a human motive, it's always the presence of resources and fossil fuels that tip superpowers into violence. Why else would our leaders spend hundreds of billions of dollars on these wars and literally no other human rights Need like hunger yeah It's basically it That is basically The reason why these wars Are fought and it's also probably The reason why they're gonna be so hard On you know if they could Draft a cat cattle To fight in war they're gonna do it Okay because people Are already Seeing the writing on the wall Uh internet information is exposing the truth about what's going on and people don't want to fight. You no, know, so this is why I see the draft will be uh will have to be used to force people to fight. So let's get into this with uh Joe Biden. All right here. Joe Biden orders the the Jews to cease and desist buying guns. The government will protect <laughs> <laughs> oh, the government will protect you, you know well, they know what's going on though they know what's going on and they know uh, what's what's about to go down. President Biden has urged American Jews to stop buying guns in the wake of the escalating Middle East crisis. According to reports, Jewish families in Southern Carol- California, I'm sorry, are now arming themselves for the first time in U.S history, especially after FBI director Chris Ray raised the alarm over the imminent threat of Iranian sleepless cells in America gun sales in America surge amid a war in the Middle East. Gun shop owners will say concerns fueled by the conflict have led to a surge in sales with many Jewish people arming themselves for the first time.
2: Gun shop owners say concerns fueled by the war in
5: Israel are triggering a surge in sales here. In fact, many local Jewish families are arming themselves for the first time.
0: Black people, law-abiding Black people, take notes and start arming yourselves as well because um, there are sleeper cells here, okay? Um, they're not telling you <clears throat> all the information. As you know, mainstream media is not going to give you all the information because if they did, they couldn't control you. So better start arming yourselves. Better start stocking up in food and water, okay? Because it's happening. You have these little skirmishes here here and there in America. Um. A little boy lost his life because his Jewish landlord uh, thought it was a good idea to stab him and his mother. Okay, the mother and the little boy were Palestinian. It is so sad. But once again, that Talmud is brain, has brainwashed uh, the Jewish people. And I don't, I don't, I don't hate G- Jewish people. I don't. Okay, and not all Jews are like that, but I'm telling you, the fact of that Talmud and this war, uh, the reason why they are fighting the way they are, the reason why the Jews are treating the Palestinians is because of that Talmud teaching, the Talmudic teachings above. non-Jews are animals. Uh, You could hurt uh, and molest, cheat, lie, and steal from uh, non-Jews, calling them animals, okay, you could look up the Talmud for yourself. You could also look into what uh, uh, a person by the name of uh, Ted Pike, who is stand up against Christian Zionism and, uh, you know, let's just say, just put it, frankly, the uh, synagogue of Satan. Uh, the, read that Talmud and you will see for yourself what's going on. Okay, do research into history and you'll see why. It's basically, it's Jewish supremacy.
5: KTLA 5 Jennifer McGraw joins us live in Burbank with this trend that's happening. Jen.
2: Yeah, I spoke with so many members of the Jewish community today, and they say they don't feel safe. They feel threatened, and even worse, they don't feel safe in their own homes.
0: Family.
2: Sales are soaring in local gun stores as fears mount over the war raging in the Middle East. Gun store owners say they're seeing an influx of Jewish and Israeli Americans arming up. They're the next target here at home.
5: The idea that people can go door-to-door, terrorists can go door-to-door with impunity and not face armed resistance is it's something difficult to process, especially as an American.
2: Charles Jasper works as the director of EGIS, private security and gun training. He's also Jewish. His business has doubled since the war began. First time buyers, many women, tell me they're too afraid to go on camera, but are ready to protect their families.
5: She has a reasonable fear. She's, you know, she's a... Um, You know, she hasn't practiced this, uh, you know, self defense in her life.
2: At Burbank Ammo and Guns, they're up 75% in firearm safety certification tests, selling nearly 200, this time last year, just 45. And that's a good indicator of who's a first time buyer. Eric Fletcher is a store manager who says concerns are clearly growing. It's not quite as bad as, as COVID was. The COVID, the line was out the door, wrapped around the block. Now it's still very, very busy. And it's not just the Jewish community. The FBI says there have been hundreds of threats made against both Jewish and Muslim Americans since the war in Israel started. Many of these first time buyers are afraid. I finally found a woman who would actually speak to me about her story, why she is so fearful and why she's buying a gun for the first time. We are live in Burbank. Jennifer McGraw, KTLA.
0: Okay. on the opposite side of American gun salesmen are not, are noting a similar upward trend as one Georgia outlet has experienced a whopping 30% in increase in sales. All right. And for wars reports Reminder: the second amendment isn't about weapon type or caliber or hunting. It's about protecting American citizens from a tyrannical government has there, <clears throat> sorry, has there ever been a more poignant time for the Second Amendment than right now? But the O'Biden ministry, obiden installation, presses on. Reuters reported the U.S. has stopped using, stopped issuing export licenses for most civil, civilian firearms and am, and ammunition for ninety days for all non-governmental users. The Commerce Department said on Friday, citing national security and foreign policy interests and that the risk of firearms being diverted to entities or activities that promote regional instability, violate human rights, or fuel criminal activities. Exporters can continue to submit license requests during the pause, but they will be held without action until the pause is lifted. The Commerce Department declined to comment beyond the posting on its website. Not sure, sorry, sure, not exporting guns and ammunition to our enemies makes sense, but there are, le- there are layers to this. The edict creates a chilling effect on American gun shops as a, a primary source of revenue and exports. A Loophole ultimately designed to put sources, put scores of small business o- gun owners out of business, sending a rippling effect among supporters of the second amendment and those simply utilizing their God-given right to self-defense. <clears throat> Biden is trying to get people to trust the government. It's not happening. Okay there it's not happening. All right? We are living in uh, dangerous times and what's going on in you know between Israeli and Palestinian, like I said before, you had it's spilling over into the US. You had a car a car with black tinted windows roll up on uh, some Palestinian boys and beat up beat them up, okay? People, the attackers came out, beat them up and ran back into the car and drove off. We all know what type of people they were. Okay. You've had these people fighting on college campuses, people trying to instigate fights. All right. It's not a. uh, This is not something that is to ignore. Okay. This is. This is happening. This is real. And people. People have to keep their eyes open. All right. People don't like to hear what I got to say about it, but it's the truth. Let's hear what's going on. Sky News. Fair use.
3: Who has family in Cal News is with us. Hi. You heard Hi.
6: from them? Uh, well, yeah, just this morning. Uh, but as you know, um, the connection is on and off. Uh, the Israelis turn off, turn on, the, turn on and off the connection, um, the internal sort of communication, also the communication with the outside world. Um, whatever they want to do, whatever they want to do. Um, so yeah, so it's so luckily we heard back from them uh, this morning. But it's it's been very difficult to uh, to know what's going on there. What them. are they telling you? Well, desperate. They're clinging to life literally by a thread. Uh, at any point, at any minute, anyone could be killed. They are in the south of the Gaza Valley, the area that is supposedly to be you know, safer, that's where the Israelis told people to move to, but they're still striking in Khan Yunis, Rafa in the south of the Gaza Valley, everywhere, nonstop. They, the few days ago, and even actually yesterday, yesterday they, they bombed um, a bakery um, in the Gaza city, um, a few days ago they did the same thing in Khan Yunis when people are queuing to get bread. Um, things are bad as it, as it is, there's no fuel in these bakeries so they can't really produce any bread. And if there's anything, people are queuing for hours and then to top that, all, all of that, they, they bombed the bakeries. So death is everywhere. Like uniform, uniformly, uniformly distributed across the whole Gaza Strip. Um, literally, there's no place safe to go. And, and all these talks about, you know, move to this place, this will be safer, it's all nonsense. And I hope it's clear to everyone that the Israelis are targeting everyone and everywhere. No who, one is safe.
3: Who, who, who's responsible, Salim? Is it Israel or is it... Hamas's actions on the 7th of
6: October? Well, I think if you want to ask those questions, we have to uh, be open-minded to think about what's this all about? Like, how did this all start? Did it start on the 7th of October? I, I don't think so. It started way before. In 1948, I have a grand uncle. My granduncle was killed, burned, charred in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the town market in the city of Ashkelon. The population was terrorized. Some of them had to leave, either willingly because they were scared of what's going to happen to them after they saw, be, saw people burned by Israeli airstrikes. That's in 1948. And then they ended up all being displaced. Those who remained in the city, they were displaced to Hebron in 1950. My family is from Ashkelon. So that was well before Hamas even existed. Like, and if we want to talk about the death toll, 230 or 40 Palestinians were killed in the West Bank only, where there's no Hamas. So I think it's pretty, there's, there's, there's many issues with, with your question, uh, because we really need to consider what's this conflict about? The Israelis, the, the Palestinians have been killed and murdered for years, and no one is asking the question, why? Thousands of Palestinians were killed over the past few years. And what was the reason? Who was responsible for that then?
3: What is your family going to do? Do they want to stay where they are but have peace? Or are they heading to the border to try to get out of the country at least? A, what do you mean have areas?
6: peace? So, what, get, what, what,
3: so that they can live in, have a ceasefire, so live in relative peace compared to bombs landing,
6: I mean, ev- full of every, bombs everyone. on that yeah, at any moment, as you said. Of course, everyone wants a ceasefire. They actually, they're looking because they, don't, they cut so off. I do the
3: Israelis do at the
6: moment. Sorry,
3: the Israelis don't want a ceasefire. They?
6: Yeah, they don't want a ceasefire because because they don't want a ceasefire. They want to kill as many Palestinians as, as possibly could. They would and now, say
3: people from uh, terrorists who are Hamas is what Israel would say. Sorry, they would say terrorists who are I mean, Hamas.
6: Yeah, but they killed almost 10,000 Palestinian civilians. I'm just saying what Israel would say. Yeah, I know, I know. What Israel like Israel would be calling me a terrorist right now. Like it, it, they've been calling
0: everyone a terrorist right now. As you can see, she's, you know, she has to do what she says. She has to make it like Palestinians are the problem when it's really Israel is the problem. All you got to do is look into the history of when Israel came to the Middle East. The Israelis came to the Middle East and they were to share the land with the Palestinians. They didn't do that. They started harassing these people, they started unaliving these people. Okay. They even had terrorist hit squads that when the British came and tried to have peace, they were bombing those people, bombing certain sites within Palestine, okay? And that is, that is what they've been doing, okay? The British screwed over the Palestinians, said we'll work at a, a, a treaty that you and Israel will be able to share the land. Didn't work out that way, all right? The Palestinians basically practically lost a good amount of everything, okay? Forced into kibbutzes, all right?
4: It is really
0: a sad a sad story. When you know the truth, it's like, I can't support Israel. And for some reason, when you say that, they make it like you hate Jews. No, I don't hate Jews. I see right, there's right, and there's wrong. Wrong is wrong, right is right. Okay. That's the issue. And unfortunately, it's the same playbook when it comes to Ukraine. Everybody's like, you know, you talk about Ukraine and tell the truth, you're canceled. You talk about Israel and you tell the truth, you're canceled. And that's because the Israeli government controls the mainstream media. All right. You dare speak out, you're anti-Semitic. Same thing with Ukraine. You speak out against Ukraine, you're a, uh, um, what is it? Uh, I forgot what they said. Russian propagandist something on that note but you're anti-semitic if you dare speak out about israel even when they need to be called out like the, the israeli
6: prime minister they called the palestinians in gaza the amalek the amalek is is like he was invoking the bible and in the bible it says to kill the amalek and to spare no one to slay the children the women the animals that's a genocidal call they're making on live tv that is so the israelis again would call me a terrorist they would call anyone a terrorist.
0: It's, it, The israelis sound very much like mormons and you know uh blacks are cursed if you're born with black skin you're cursed they're making them you know they're making the, the uh palestinians you know they're demonizing them all right And it's really sad. It's sad that the once oppressed is now becoming the oppressor. The Jews in Israel, they know what they'll tell you over. They they have the stories and the horror stories of being in internment camps or being under Adolf Hitler. They will have that story told from generation to generation to generation. Okay. And then through all that. You come to the point where you want to oppress and kill Palestinians. Okay? It's really a sad, a sad
4: sight. It
0: really is. And it's due to that Talmud that they feel they're justified in this. And also to say, and I know this is definitely going on Patreon, um, the Israeli, due to that Talmud, due to those teachings, they they helped Hitler get into power. Do you know why? Because they lied, they cheated, they 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 could lie, steal, ch- cheat, and steal. Due to that, the Talmud. Look into the Kalnidic prayer. Look into that prayer. It's basically this: I don't have to owe God anything, and I don't have to owe man anything. I could lie, cheat, and steal, and it's all good, especially when it comes to business. And that is what got everybody mad at the Jews. Okay, that's what got everybody mad in those days against the Jews because they owned a lot of stuff in those days. Before Hitler came, when he was when before Hitler came into power, Jews owned a lot of stuff. They were making money hand over fist, and Hitler used that. to get the german people to turn on the jews and the jews were doing a lot of shady deals and the shady business practices and people got tired of it so yes i will say that they had a hand in their own demise first
3: what is your but family going to do
6: i don't know what they're going to do to be honest they are they can't leave for multi, well logistically they can't leave because the border is closed, the borders, when, 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 when Egypt tried to open the border a few days, well, a few weeks ago, uh, it was, it was stru- struck multiple times by, uh, um, uh, by the, by Israel, uh, they, 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 they can't leave, they don't have foreign passports to leave. And also, like, why would they leave? Why should they leave? I mean, we left, Americans left the city of Ashkelon. They left their homes, they left their property, they left their lives, and became refugees in Gaza in 1948. They had to start from scratch. They built their lives up. My father started from zero. All he did, he worked all his life to build a house, and now the house is gone. Our entire family, our entire life is gone, is wiped out. And now we have to move somewhere else and become refugees for the second time, and then start over. Why? Like, would anyone accept this? Why should anyone accept it? Why is it acceptable to anyone to call for the population to leave instead of calling for peace?
3: Um, we don't have a lot of time, sadly, but I wonder if you would like to take the opportunity to say something to the British government
6: this morning. Well, I think I think the British government should be playing a role in, in solving this conflict. And by this conflict, I don't mean this recent Campaign you mean of killing of, of Palestine. No, no, not the situation in Gaza. No, no, the situation and the, the question of Palestine. Mm. The UK played a significant role in creating the problem. Okay, so now we need to ask ourselves: What can the British government do to solve this problem? I believe that everyone, all the inhabitants of the land between the River Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea, should live in peace, and they should enjoy equal rights of liberty, freedom, self-determination. What can we do to ensure that this happens? Not to build more walls, not to not to besiege 2.2 2 million people, not to not to oppress uh, 4 million people, or however many the, the Palestinians the West Bank the West Bank are. What can we do to solve this problem? How can we hold? A Two-state hold... solution. Sorry. A
3: two-state solution. Well,
6: by all means, yeah, yeah, do it. I mean, the Palestinians have been calling for two-state solution for 30 years, and because of. Because you can't have a two-state solution when one party is literally
0: eating and, and grabbing every piece of the problem is with that that tr- that was tried to be happened before, and look what happened. Okay, the the British tried to come down there and to have that, and what did the Israelis do? They started doing guerrilla warfare. Okay, the government. You know, I'm not going to say every Israeli was okay with that. All right. And started attacking the British because they wanted what they wanted. They wanted all of that land. And if the British tries to do that again, they're going to do that same thing. That's what they're going to do. All right. It's a sad state of affairs, but I don't the, the Palestinians are best to arm themselves and that's it. Arm themselves and protect their land. But they're gonna need help. They're gonna need help from Russia. They're gonna need help from China. They're gonna need help from everybody that is against Israel. Asking the British for help is not a is not a good thing. It's not it's not a uh it's not a smart idea. That's what I will say. All right, next second. Ah, uh, yes, okay. And this is what's going on. Like I said, it's really trying to make everybody pro-Israel, just like they're trying to make everybody, you know, just like what they did before with uh, Ukraine. Let's get into it.
2: now police in the uk have arrested a man in front of his distraught wife who's battling cancer allegedly because he showed disapproval of palestinian flags flying all the way along his local high street let's have a look
5: the reasons why we took uh, uh, this is on the of the 10th of 2023 on battle green road at 10 and 4. you were witnesses say
0: okay um yeah I'm sorry, you know, basically, you know, you criticize Israel, you criticize Palestine. People are, you know, making you, punishing you for your own speech. There's no free speech anymore. We live in a very fascist society. All right. Just to put a correction out there.
5: Obviously, people, while why they're over here, etc., we let them into our country, etc. So, deal. Yeah, okay. So, Did deal. I do on the television. Say
0: stop. that. Yes,
4: Take him. Disgusting. He's a disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely. I a, dis- I'm a stage sport cancer. A-
2: Just madness, gentlemen, really. We've seen the most uh, horrific abuses uh, happening in the streets, not just uh, hate speech, uh, people attacked, uh, posters torn down, property damage, all sorts of unlawful behaviour that the cops have just watched on without action. Insane,
0: insane what's going on, man. This is what it is, man. This is what it is. British police arrest man for saying offensive things about Hamas. British police arrest a man in his home early this week for making offensive comments about the terrorist group Hamas. Disturbing footage posted on social media shows a terrifying woman police arrested a man for speaking out against terrorism. Met Police UK reportedly arrested a man in his home in front of his family because he made negative comments about Hamas and the Palestinian flag. In England, you can't chant, kill uh, kill Jews but you're not permitted to criticize a terrorist organization
5: no I refer uh, no. uh, so uh, bomb to bombak party to, to, be to, be to, be to, uh, to you do not attend any events involved with in par- involved in parisano, okay this is why we oh, this right? is on the 17th the 10th of 2023, on Bethel Green Road at 10.04. 4 you were witness the setting of people yeah. Why, why are they over there, et cetera, we let them into our country, et cetera. So, big okay. deal. Yes, yeah, so. okay. So, big deal. So, that that on the
3: television Say that.
5: Thing. Take
3: them. Uh, disgusting, he's a disgusting, absolute uh, ass. <laughs> I'm <have> a stage four cancer patient and I need to be
6: here.
3: Make a of course scene of shoes, make a scene of arresting him because he said <laughs> something that
4: and he was his head. I'm a terrorist yeah, organisation. <laughs> you, know, you haven't been round the block, John. I don't know what you're talking about, John. Have a close
5: feeling. Did you hear that?
6: What? Yeah, all those Palestinian flags in Bethnal Green Road, right. Right. And, and they discussed it the tab- tab- they absolutely tab- discussed
5: tab- it. Right. Tab- why didn't he you, stand- tab- John? Rest. Why didn't he tab- tab- John? John, 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 John no no do so you have nothing in, shop in, in shop my pockets? Sh- oh, yes, yeah, I, I do. It. I do. It. What have you got? I have, um, have what's uh, what kind of yeah, in, in the front one? I have two stamps in a moment. Yes. Okay, yeah. Well,
6: I've got standards in the pocket. Okay, well, you've got them in your pocket,
4: okay? <laughs> what me?
1: What,
5: get,
1: no, I, I
3: see, no, I want to see how many cops
4: are yeah, outside.
5: Yeah, I want. you I can him, i i to it. take it down. Take it not, <that> I'm not their
4: fault, yeah, with the it's Just
5: i not do it. i i i do you have him. any medication? You know, yes. Think, yeah. What, med- what medication? Palestine so let's, let's have it very, very clear. We have the freedom of speech. Yeah. If we want well, to be against Palestine, we will be.
0: Well, <clears throat> I'm definitely against this, man. I'm definitely against people being censored for free speech. Okay, unless that speech is about like, uh, um, commit uh, encouraging hate crimes. I am against. Free speech. I'm I'm sorry. I am against. uh, I am against going against free speech. All right. Once again, unless it's going, unless it's encouraging hate crimes. Free speech should be should be said. Okay, and we should know what people think when they say things. Okay, because that will give us the honest. The ability to make an honest decision about that person, whether to no longer watch their content or no longer associate with that person. People should be allowed to say what they want within reason And within reason. Like once again, I'll say it again for a third time, as long as you're not encouraging hate crimes. Okay, we should be allowed to know what people think. And we can make an honest assessment about them.
3: If that's a problem, that's time. your problem.
4: Yeah. And give you know, people a yeah.
6: because yeah. you say, something. all it a
5: good
6: It's I yeah. cool. it's not in this
5: country. actually on, yeah. GB yeah.
6: Yeah. <laughs> on GB
5: News. it
1: on News. on GB yeah. News. Yeah. John. John. <laughs> I can't believe
6: you This is disgusting. John. Absolutely. Oh, my oh,
5: God. I can't
1: take any this. Matt, am I saying all that? You need to stop all that, yeah? You need to stop all that. Treat them all for
5: business. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know this, is your, this is your freedom.
3: Look at the cops! Look at all the cops!
5: But embarrassing. 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 Because
3: he mentioned Palestine!
6: <laughs> Look
4: at this. Uh-uh look at this!
5: Yeah.
3: Getting arrested because he mentioned Hamas on Facebook!
5: Yeah, we're all against terrorist organisations, yeah, yeah. sorry, right, unfortunately.
3: We don't like terrorists!
5: Yeah, we, don't want, we don't want terrorists in the country. You can't
3: have an opinion in this country!
0: This is how it goes, man. This is how it goes when it comes to this. Can't even say anything online anymore. The UK is pretty much going in the in the way of a uh, fascist society. The United States, it's slowly we 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 have some free speech, some some. It's not gobbled up into nothing like it is in the UK. All right, moving on. talk about Bill Gates right now. We're going to be talking about Bill Gates
5: He lost his marriage due to his friendship with convicted paedophile Jeffrey Epstein. But he's about to lose a whole lot more, according to investigators, who revealed the globalist billionaire is about to be thrown under the bus and prosecuted on child rape charges. Gates isn't the only global elite facing charges. A whole host of household names, including members of the U.S. House and are under blackmail after they were caught in child sex honeypots overseas. We,
1: we, have the right. House of Rep- we have the House of Representatives right now is totally, completely broken, and yeah. they're totally owned by the corporate uh, lobbyists and, frankly, by the globalists who own many of these people because they've been compromised by, by uh, on their, some of these what they call CODEL trips overseas, where th- these uh, members of, uh, of uh, both the House and the Senate get compromised by sleeping with children. And they, and, and, they, and they compromise. And these are real things, these are very real things. They, or they, get, they, they, uh, they get them caught up in, in the world of, uh, of big, big bucks.
5: It's worth remembering that Mike Flynn was fired by the Trump transition by Mike Pence because Pence had a problem with Flynn's tweets about pedophiles that exist in positions of power within the government. Flynn says the Epstein client list simply must see the light of day.
0: This is the Republican Party. This is the you know this is the one that's supposed to be talking about law and order and you know piety and righteousness but you fired Michael um Mr. Flynn because he talked about pedophiles and positions of power in government why
5: Hmm because Epstein's influence in DC runs much deeper than people are willing to admit. How did Kamala Harris, who was completely unqualified for the role of Vice President, rise to the second highest office in the land? Did it have anything to do with her friendship with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell? In 2012, there was simply no excuse for socialising with Ghislaine Maxwell and the convicted paedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Unless, of course, you're an aspiring politician willing to do anything, and I mean anything, to get to the top. According to Flynn, a huge percentage of the US House and Senate are compromised paedophiles, shamelessly serving the globalist cause because the elites have blackmail material on them that they simply can never allow to see the light of day. Is this why the swamp are so desperate to stop the clientless from seeing the light of day? Epstein's little black book revealed that it's not just politicians who are compromised in the worst possible way titans of industry and globalist elites including bill gates feature prominently
0: james colony's daughter is fighting to stop a judge from releasing epstein's client list federal prosecutors in the southern district of new york including james colony's daughter maureen Colney, have formally requested that a judge keep jeffrey epstein's top secret client list under lock and key
5: what hmm But we already knew that when Melinda Gates divorced her husband because he wouldn't break off his creepy friendship with a convicted paedophile, with his island full of underage sex slaves.
3: I did not like uh, that he'd have meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Okay. But I made it very clear how I felt about him. Mm -hmm. He was abhorrent. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards.
5: Make no mistake the people are waking up and demanding justice all around the world. And the global elite are feeling the heat. Earlier this week, a brave man asked Hillary Clinton if she could explain why her husband Bill visited Epstein's Little St. James Island, better known as Pedophile Island, 26 times. Rather than receiving a standing ovation for asking the question, the liberal audience booed and the man was physically dragged out of the venue by Hillary's goons.
3: Then you want somebody who's going to get up every day. Hey Hillary, why's your husband visit Epstein Island 26 times? <laughs>
5: The elite are terrified at the moment because their sick and twisted histories are catching up with them. How do we know? They have told us so themselves. The Hillary campaign was paranoid about Bill Clinton's friendship with Epstein surfacing during the 2016 election. Coming up, we will expose exactly why there hasn't been a peep about Obama or Gates in the mainstream media. But first, some important information about an opportunity to invest in the people's voice. There is so much more that we need to find out. The information that's been published in the mainstream media is the tiny tip of an enormous iceberg. After this quick break, we'll expose exactly why there hasn't been a peep about Obama or Gates in the mainstream media. A Brin, Google co-founder. Mortimer Zuckerman, real estate mogul. Jess Staley, former JP Morgan CEO. Lawrence Summers, Bill Clinton's Treasury Secretary. Ehud Barak, former Israeli Prime Minister, Woody Allen, Hollywood Director, Barnaby Marsh, author and philanthropist. Glenn Dubin, Billionaire Hedge Fund Manager. Catherine Ruemler, Obama White House Counsel. Professor Noam Chomsky. Jamie Damon, JP Morgan Chase, CEO. Reed Hoffman, LinkedIn co-founder, and Trump hater. And perhaps most disturbing of all, William Burns, Biden's current CIA director. All of these names are noteworthy and it's worth digging deeper into all of them. Take Jess Staley, for example. He was so close to Jeffrey Epstein that they sent emails to each other that were almost romantic. Some of their emails were leaked during the discovery process of the court cases, and they contained disturbing references to Snow White and Beauty and the Beast. What kind of grown man- Hold on one minute,
0: one minute. I just want to- hold on one minute. Okay. Just want to get that part
5: again. Hold up firm list of elites in Epstein's orbit that we know about from the discovery process of the cases earlier this year. This doesn't mean that the elites are 100% clients and co-conspirators in Epstein's worst crimes, but these people were close to him, socialising with him and doing business with him. These are the elites we know for sure were in Epstein's ring. Tom Pritzker, Hyatt Hotels chairman. Sergey Brin, Google. There's been a lot of dirt on the Pritzkers. A lot co-founder. Mortimer Zuckerman, real estate mogul. Jess Staley, former JP Morgan CEO. Lawrence Summers, Bill Clinton's Treasury Secretary. Ehud Barak, former Israeli Prime Minister. Woody Allen, Hollywood director. Barnaby Marsh, author and philanthropist. Glenn Dubin, billionaire hedge fund manager. Catherine Uremler, Obama White House counsel. Professor Noam Chomsky. Jamie Dimon, JP Morgan Chase CEO. Reid Hoffman, LinkedIn co-founder and Trump hater. And perhaps most disturbing of all, William Burns, Biden's current CIA director. All of these names are noteworthy and it's worth digging deeper into all of them. Take Jess Staley, for example. He was so close to Jeffrey Epstein that they sent emails to each other that were almost romantic. Some of their emails were leaked during the discovery process of the court cases, and they contained disturbing references to Snow White and Beauty and the Beast. What kind of grown men send each other regular emails discussing Snow White and Beauty and the Beast? Epstein and Daly clearly weren't really talking about the Disney films in these emails. We know that paedophiles use secret code words to discuss their crimes. The People's Voice broke the news in 2016 that John Podesta's emails, published by WikiLeaks, contained paedophile code words. According to the FBI, pizza is code word for young girls, hot dogs for young boys. Pedophiles use food-related words, including pizza, hot dogs, and walnut sauce, among others, when discussing things that are clearly not really about. Food.
0: This is disgusting. Just take a look at what's being said here. <clears throat> I'll give one second for you to look at this, then I'm moving on because this is sick.
5: Food. It's clear that the Snow White references in the emails between Daly and Epstein are code words. We don't know what the code words mean, but we're guessing that has something to do with child sex trafficking. Then there's Tom Pritzker, the chairman of Hyatt Hotels who was also very close with Jeffrey Epstein. He was listed in Epstein's little black book as numero uno or number one. He was clearly very important to Jeffrey Epstein. So what do we know about Pritzker? He has previously been accused of sexual assault. This came out in the lawsuit between Maxwell and Epstein victim, Virginia Giuffre. He is also the cousin of Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker, and like the rest of his family, Tom is obsessed with pushing the transgender on children. They not only fund many different organizations that not only push the agenda, they also encourage the mutilation of children's genitals at a very young age. Perhaps most disturbing of all is the fact that current CIA director William Burns had three meetings with Jeffrey Epstein when he was Obama's deputy secretary of state, a full eight years after Epstein had been convicted of child sex crimes, as the Wall Street Journal revealed earlier this year. Burns and Epstein first met in Washington prior to Burns visiting Epstein at his Manhattan townhouse according to a trove of leaked documents, that included Epstein's schedules, which were not contained in Epstein's little black book of contacts or flight logs. In 2014, there was simply no excuse for meeting multiple times with a convicted paedophile. But it gets even worse. Obama's personal White House attorney, Catherine Ruemler, also had dozens of secret meetings with Epstein, none of which were disclosed at the time or explained by the Obama White House. If the mainstream media won't do their job and report on real news, then
0: That's why, this is why people have to really look at the fact of how um, Obama lied about his whereabouts when his chef was killed because the chef was writing a tell-all book. Okay. But let's talk about someone else who's had May not have hung out with Jeffrey Epstein, right? But this person did hang out with a chomo. This person hanged out with a chomo. It's Donald Trump. Teen models, powerful men, and private dinners. When Trump hosted Look of the Year. In the early 90s, Donald Trump judged the world's biggest modeling competition since hit by allegations of abuse. This is how the people who were there remember it. On the 1st of September, 1991, a large private yacht cruised towards the Statue of Liberty. It was clear, breezy evening, and from the upper deck of the spirit of New York, a golden sunset could be seen glinting off the Manhattan skyline. Downstairs, a party was in the flow scores of teenage girls in evening dresses and miniskirts some as young as 14 danced under disco lights it could have been the high school prom when it for when it not for the crowd of older men surrounding them as the evening wore on some of the men many old enough to be the girls fathers or even grandfathers joined them on the dance floor pressing themselves against the girls One balding man in a suit wrapped his arms around two young models leering into a film camera that was documenting the evening. Can you get me some beautiful women around me, please? The party abroad, the Spirit of New York was one of the several events that Donald Trump, then 45, attended with a group of 58 aspiring young models that September. They had traveled from around the world to compete in elites look of the year competition on an annual event that had been running. Since 1983 and was already credited with the la- launching the careers of Cindy Crawford, Helena, Kristen and Stephanie Seymour at stake was a life changing prize. of One hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract with the world's then leading modeling agency, elite model management run by John Casablanca's. It's not about John Casablanca's. Trump was also involved. That's the uh, the pedal he was hanging out with. Trump was closely involved in Casablanca's competition in 1991. He was a headline sponsor, throwing open the plaza, his lavish Chateau-style hotel overlooking Central Park, transforming it into the main venue and accommodating the young girls. He was also one of its 10 judges. In 1992, Trump hosted the competition again on a similarly golden evening In early September that year, another group of contestants boarded the Spirit of New York, chartered for another elite cruise. One of the girls on the boat was Shauna Lee, then a 14-year-old from a small town outside Toronto. She recalls how the contestants were encouraged to parade downstairs, one of them up by one by one, and dance for Trump, Casablancas, and others. Lee, an introverted teenager who loved to draw but hated school, was in New York for the first time. A woman at the agency was pushing me. She recalls, I said to her, I don't see why me going down the stairs and dancing in front of those two has anything to do with becoming a model. And she said, no, you look great. Take off your blazer and go and do it. So I walked down the stairs. I didn't dance. I blew a kiss at them, spun around and walked away. Another contestant who was 15 at the time also remember being asked to walk for Trump Casablancas, and other men on the boat in September of 1992. She says an organizer told her that if she refused, she would be excluded from the competition. I knew it in my gut. It wasn't right. She calls this wasn't being judged or part of the competition. It was for their entertainment. While elite's official brochure stated that the contestants were aged between 14 and 24, all of those, the guardian has spoken to, competing in both the years, were aged between 14 and 19. Some had come to New York with parents or chaperones in tow. Others were alone. Many were away from their families for the first time. For them, the stakes were high and the pressure to impress the judges great. As Casablanos had warned them at the outset of the competition in a scene recorded by TV cameras, you're going to be judged, constantly judged in 1992 and 19. 19- 1991 and 1992, the elite contestant was filmed for a 60 minute glossy television commercial special featuring interviews and behind the scenes footage and later screened on Fox, an early foray in reality TV. Casablanca's was a powerful figure in the industry and to many of the new crop of would be supermodels. This seemed to be an opportunity too good to miss Three decades on, a very different picture of the competition is beginning to emerge. Over this last six months, The Guardian has spoken to several dozen former look of the year contestants, as well as industry insiders, and obtained 12 hours of previously unseen behind the scenes footage. The stories we have heard suggest that Casablanca's and some of the men in the orbit used the contestants to engage in sexual relationships with vulnerable young models. Some of these allegations amount to sexual harassment, abuse, or exploitation of teenage girls others are more accurately described as rape. Wow. No such allegations have been leveled against Trump, who at the time was dating Marla Maples, the woman who in the 1993 in 1993 became his second wife, but his close involvement in the contest raises questions for the president. Did he know that Casablanca and others were sleeping with contest, with contestants? Why would a man in his 40s, whose main business was real estate development, want to host a beauty pageant for teenage girls? Journalists have scored almost every corner of the 45th president's life, but his friendship with Casablanca's and his involvement in the look of the year in 1991 and 1992 has been largely overlooked. Yet the competition is more than a footage in the Donald Trump story. In time, it would prove to be the foundation of his, of his pivot into reality TV. Even married a former Look of the Year contestant, the current First Lady, Marlena Trump, narrowly missed out on a trip to New York in 1992 after coming second in a Slovenian heat. When John Casablanca arrived in New York in 1977, age 35, he quickly caused a stir, branded as the snatcher for poaching models from rivals for um, from rivals for his elite model management agency. He gained a reputation as a ruthless operator, handsome and charismatic, the son of a former Balenciaga model and a wealthy Spanish banker. He formed the agency that became elite in Paris in the late 20s. In his late 20s, within years of setting up shop in New York, Casablancas was generating millions of dollars in revenue each year and ushering in the era of the supermodel. Glamorous friends flocked to elite parties, in fashionable clubs like Studio 54. It's not clear how Casablanca first met Trump, but according to several former models who encountered him during the 1980s, the businessman became a regular at his parties. With the opening of Trump Tower on New York's Fifth Avenue in 1983 and the acquisition of the Mar-a-Lago Resort in Florida in 1985, Trump had gained the reputation of a high-flying playboy in his own right. In 1987, he published The Art of the Deal and a flurry of publicly followed, publicity followed. He sits atop of 3 billion empire, proclaimed the Washington Post, and seems to have a Midas touch. It was perhaps unsurprising that Trump, a New York celebrity who liked to date beautiful women, should come to know the city's best known model agent. Trump was good with PR, and that was something John liked, says Jeremy Brooks who now runs System, a modeling agency he he co-founded with Casablanca's in 2009. Good or negative press was all good to Trump. Patty Owen, an Ellie and and cover star, recalls seeing Trump at elite parties as far back as 1982. He would always be at the bar. That's where he would stay, and that's where all the new models would hang out, she, she says. Whenever I saw him, I was always like, why does John have to invite him? Barbara Pilling, also then an elite model, told us Trump asked her out for dinner in the summer of 1989 at the industry. soirée. she recalls Trump asking how old she was. I said 17. He said, that's just great. You're not too old, not too young. 40, you're 40 something year old, year old man. You um, speaking to the Guardian, Four former elite models say that in the late '80s or early '90s, when they were teenagers, the agency required them to attend par- private dinners with Trump, Casablanca, and sometimes other men. One was Shana Love, an Australian model who was 16 when she when she came to New York for the first time in the summer of 1991. Recalling a dinner she attended, she says it was presented as our duty as models at the agency wasn't an invitation. It was like, you have to go and do this. She says the dinner, the dinner she attended at which 10 or 15 models were present was served at a long table in a private area of an upmarket restaurant. I was at one end with John and Trump was at the other end surrounded by other girls. In the spring of 1991, Trump and Casablanca struck a business deal. Trump was, would sponsor Look of the Year and host the contestants at the plaza, which would, double, which would double as the headquarters. At the time, Trump faced significant financial pressures and close to filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, but it didn't seem to deter him. In the newly unearthed behind-the-scenes footage of Look of the Year 1991, Trump, was, Trump makes a series of appearances along Casablanca's, whom he describes as My Friend John one point, Casablanca reveals how he and Trump struck their business partnership. I prepared for a long meeting with Donald Trump to explain to him why this was going to be a great success. Casablanca tells the crowd, In fact, I hadn't finished my third sentence, and he said, I love the idea. Let's do it. Trump now disputes being friends with Casablanca's. The president's representatives told The Guardian that he denies it in the strongest possible terms. Trump, they said, hardly knew him spent very little time with him and knew very little about him. Ooh, the lies. Ah, man, the lies. Stacy Wilkes had never been anywhere like the New York Plaza when she arrived at Trump's hotel with another contestant in September of 1991. Then 16, she was living in Louisville, Kentucky with her mother who was struggling to make ends meet. The teenager would hold yard sales and mow lawns to make extra cash. I was just so excited to be in a hotel. She says to go from a poor part from a poor part of Kentucky to a place like this. I felt like the little kid at home alone. She recalls feeling out, feeling out of the place in a hotel where everything was gold. The teenager had been selected as part of the sprawling international search overseen by Casablanca's for new faces. Many contestants had come through federal competitions after winning regional heats or being spotted in malls and hotel lobbies or in one case on the beach. Casablanca's had visited Wilkes local mall to host an elite scouting event a year earlier when she was 15, her local agent had sent her to meet him telling her what to wear and how to act. She says, I was told to put there, put my hair down in front of my face and to, and then look and then like whoop it around and look at him. One year later, Wilkes among those who met at the airport by a scrum of photographers and whisked into limousines a supermodel welcome. That was the kind of neat. That was kind of neat, she recalls. The contestants assembled beneath crystal chandeliers at the plaza to meet Casablancas. He told them they would be judged over several days ahead of the gala evening when the winner would be crowned. The girls would undergo to go makeovers and attend photo calls, donning spandex for an exercise routine. In front of the plaza. The behind-the-scenes footage shows casablanca informing the would-be models that attended that <clears throat> that attention would be paid not just to appearance but the way you are, your atten- your attitude, your personality, your sense of cooperation. Wow, man. <clears throat> At 16, Wilkes was one of the oldest contestants in Look of the Year. The 1992 Fox documentary reported that the average age was 15. The films, interviews, Make the youth of many contestants plain, standing before the judges for the key swimmer around. The aspiring models are asked to tell the panel about themselves. I say, and I love animals, says one girl nervously. Another tells the judge, I like big dogs and chocolate. Later, during a photo shoot, a photographer instructs a 15 year old to show more of her cleavage by pulling her bra lower. More, he tells her, more, and more. Wow. Yeah, yeah, this this is uh in nineteen ninety-one there were ten judges in total, eight of them men, including Trump, Casablanca's celebrity magician, David Copperfield, and the president of the Elite's European division, Gerald Marie. For the swimmer for the swimwear round judges, including Trump and Casablanca, sat at the table in one of the plaza's palatial rooms, reading the teenage models. Felt so uncomfortable standing there in the, my bathing suit, recalls Wilkes. She says that one stage of the contest, the judges said she would lose weight. It felt like they were ganging up on me. The contestant who came third in 1991 was Kate Dillon, then 17. Dillon, who went on to become a successful plus size model, says that many of her fellow competitors were from places that were very poor. I came from a family that had means. So it was something fun to do for a week to get out of the school. But a lot of these girls were desperate. She recalls various after hours events over the course of a five day competition. It was very clear that these opportunities to go out and party with Donalds. She says the contestants were led to believe that if you were nice to certain people, good things would happen to you. And I think that's where the girls, that's why the girls were going out. The behind the scenes Footage seen by The Guardian shows brief snippets of the future presidents niggling with the look of the year models. At an evening competition, he seems to play the role of host, moving regularly around the plaza's ornate rooms in a suit and tie, talking to VIP guests and contestants. How are the Canadian contestants? He acts before moving over to a handful of Canadians, would-be models, and introducing himself. At another point, he circulates on the top deck of the Spirit New York as the boat prepares to depart wearing a billowing cream blazer pink open neck shirt and oversized baseball cap the trump trump grins while posing for photographs and chatting to several girls one tells him she's just finishing school some former contestants recalls them being there as they got dressed for the events every time we changed it was like trump could be Trump would find a reason to come backstage. Wilkes says Canadian contestant from 1992 recalls similar incidents. He'd come by and say, Hey girls, are we ready? She says, I remember thinking. What have I got myself into Trump denies in the strongest possible terms behaving inappropriately with any look of the year contestants. He represents his representatives say he was not aware of any predatory environment at the time. Others, however, observed the disturbing side to the contest. Ohad Alman, a young reporter for a magazine in Tel Aviv, was sent to cover it in 1991 and 1992. He attended a number of the after parties and remembered seeing the girls drinking alcohol. He recalls one particular debauched party telling the Guardian, I saw girls sitting on laps, on guys' laps. I remember one guy putting his hand down a girl's top. I remember thinking they were younger than me and I was 17 going 18. The legal drinking age is 21 in the U S others who were present recall underage models being served alcohol at the contest. Trump's representatives say he did not provide alcohol to the contestants or encourage any models, whether below the drinking age or not to drink alcohol stressing. He does not drink alcohol and does not encourage others to do so. Wow. In the final of the 1991 competition was a glaring black tie gala in the plaza's ballroom. Casablanca's and supermodel Naomi Campbell presented as 10 finalists went through a series of costume changes, walking across the stage decorated with columns of sunflowers. Trump sat on the front row alongside a roster of celebrities. His nine-year-old daughter Ivanka perched on his knee. Ingrid Savanti, an 18 year old from Belgium, um, for Belgium was crowned the winner. As the evening drew close, 70 was surrounded by photographers, guests filtered out of the ballroom as a party, as a party got going in another, in another of the glam of the plaza's grand rooms in the newly uncovered footage. A man can be heard off camera saying, come on, babes, let's get some liquor to in you. Whoa, 15 year olds sheesh in the months before and after the contest elite went sent several of his teenage models to milan new york or paris on assignments usually by themselves shauna lee the 14 year old from canada who felt pressured to perform on the spirit of new york in 1902 had spent the previous summer in paris working for elite she recalls days at casting and nights out partying including at the legendary Lisbon's doge nightclub after one drunken night at the club one of the first times she had drunk alcohol she says a senior executive of elite offered to ride home a ride home on his motorbike gerald marie then in her early gerald marie then in his early 40s was head of elite's paris office A powerful figure in the fashion industry and a 1991 look of the year judge. Lee accepted the offer. I was like, okay, sure, because I always relying on whoever to get me home, she says. But she alleges that rather than taking her home, Marie brought her to his apartment and told her to come to his bedroom. Lee says she initially refused, asking about his wife. She says Marie responded, oh, no, just come and sleep in the bed with me. Don't worry. And she relented. I don't know. I just went, oh, my God. Wow. Lee says the Me Too movement has emboldened her to talk about what about what happened next it was first her first sexual experience i just froze she says i didn't really i didn't really know what to do looking back 30 years later she feels like she was taken advantage of i felt really pressured she says i was really young and i was manipulated she told her a friend what happened and then soon got back to elite agents they all knew something went down but they d- downplayed it She says, she says, Lee, she who is now 42 and works as a makeup artist in Toronto. It was unjust. It was just understood that. That it was in my best interest to walk away from it and brush it under the rug. Questions about Marie's alleged mistreatment of teenage models are not new. In 2000, New York Magazine reported two of Lee's senior women executives had pleaded with pleaded with both Casablanca and Marie to stop sleeping with underage models but had been ignored. We are men, Marie reportedly said. We have our needs. Oh gosh, we have our needs. Sounds like red pill crap. And then cry about being put in some sort of a damning situation. In 2011, the elite model, supermodel and actor, Carrie Otis alleged that Marie had been reportedly raped. Marie had reportedly raped her and when she was a 17-year-old model in Paris in the, ni- in the 1980s. Two years ago, another elite model, Abissa Carlson, accused Marie of raping her when she was 21. Marie did not respond to, another, to a former letter from The Guardian, but in brief phone call, insisted that he had never sexually assaulted any models and denied the specific allegations levied against him by Lee. It's absurd. I don't know this person. He said allegations like this are becoming too easy to make. Frankly, it hurts. All right. So I'll leave a link in the description box. This is a really long article. And that's about it. All right. I'm done. Um, I'm on YouTube, Hard Talk Radio Live in 4K. Uh, I'm on Spotify, Hard Talk Radio Live in 4K. Uh, rumble, radical thought. All right, this is going strict straight to Patreon later.